Well, welcome back, everyone, to Blaze Radio and what you're talking about here live 8:27 a.m. It is so good to be back. It is so good to be back at right here. I, I mean, ha. Huh. Hey, you're you're acting like we we took a hiatus. We're we're back. I know. Well, week. Trey, it's always good to see your face. It's always good to hear your noise. Oh, Again, boy. what you talking about here? Uh, my name is Chase Beardsley, one of your hosts, along with Trey Matthews, another one of your hosts. And make sure you stay tuned because we have a special guest for you coming on in about two minutes. It's going to be some awesome stuff. Get ready for that. I'm actually looking forward to this one. Uh, I, this is something I've actually – I won't reveal the, the, the guest name and also what they uh, do, but uh, this is a guest I've actually wanted on the show for quite some time. Trey's hype is extreme. Uh, before that, in the two minutes we have, let's quickly talk about the Utah series real quickly. 3-2 and I believe 7-1. to 7-1. Seven to 7-1. Yeah, seven to one. Seven to 7-1 one. One wins. Uh, over the weekend, uh, split time between Quinn and Carson and Nett. Mm. Uh, first goals for uh, someone like Bree Powell and Paige Ring. Sophie Fossil got her first point. A lot of good things to celebrate. Multi-point games for Haley Martin, Ellie McKenna. Some good stuff, Trey. Quick thoughts about it before we uh, have our guests come on. And Sam Murphy also picked up two goals on the weekend, so who said she was overrated? But anyway, uh, a little bit of an inside joke. Uh, I feel like the second game, because I wasn't there for the first game because I was um, uh, next door at Mullet Arena, but I feel like uh, that second game was their best offensive, productive game of the year, and that's what needs to happen if they want any chance of competing uh, come the regionals and maybe nationals, whatever the case might be. So I loved that second game, and hopefully that can get uh, ASU more established offensive momentum going their way. It gives us a lot of questions and uh, not bad questions at all. Good questions uh, going into Colorado and stuff. Um, Mile High City. Yeah, Mile High City, baby. Um, So... We'll see what happens, but it should be interesting going into the series. Again, we're going to have a special guest any minute now, Colin. It's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, uh, this puts them on a three-game winning streak. Their record is now 3-1-0. and oh. uh, They are currently, I believe, first in terms of rankings in the WWCHL. Right. So a lot of good things coming ASU's way. Um, also, Sam Murphy, just a couple points behind Cat Jones. And we have our guest. Give me a second. Let me answer it. All right, Lindsay, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Awesome. It's Lindsay now, Ellis. Now joining us on What You're Talking About, it is the head coach for the ASU women's hockey team entering uh, her seventh year, I believe, Lindsay Ellis. Lindsay, thank you for joining us on this fine morning. Thank you so much. It's my eighth year, so been here a while now. Lindsay's the veteran around these parts, of course, Arizona native. Lindsay, first off, again, thank you for coming on the show. I know Trey did a lot of coercing into uh, into this, and we're happy to have you on. Uh, first off, Lindsay, how are you doing this morning? I am doing well. It's, uh, I had a little bit of a late night, but big uh, men's league win last night. So. Did you happen to watch the Diamondbacks uh, game last night? Or a- I afternoon? Didn't watch it, but they, uh, yeah, I didn't watch it, but I did see that they won. 
Yeah, big win for the Diamondbacks. But let's get back onto the subject. Um, Lindsay, your team is now on a three-game winning streak. How's it feeling, and how's it feeling going into that Colorado series? I think it feels great. Um, I'm actually even more excited for Colorado. The first road trip of the year creates a little bit more camaraderie between, between you know the team, team and coaches. So I'm excited for the road trip and for it to get even better. That's going to be a long uh, bus ride. But, uh, Lindsay, I've, I've actually wanted to ask you this for quite some time, so I wanted to go back a little bit. But where did hockey begin for you? Like what got you into coaching? Because I know – uh, you're a former player, you're a former college athlete yourself. So where, where did that process begin of uh, loving hockey to now becoming a coach at ASU? Yeah, um, I'll kind of condense it, but my brother played hockey um, and I kind of wanted to do everything he wanted to do. So that's how I got into the sport. Um, and then when I was in college, we there was a junior Red Hawks program at Miami, Ohio, and we were um, we had to do a few hours every semester coaching with them and it was really fun. And it kind of made me think about what I was going to do in the future. And then, um, the same year that we won the national championship at Miami coincided with the men at ASU winning the national championship and kind of seeing my friends at ASU win that title at home was making me think why couldn't girls at that time go anywhere on the west coast nothing existed at that time for any of us not even any of the wwchl teams so um had me thinking and then created the team uh while i was still a player at miami and here we are almost a decade later what were some challenges getting that program off the ground i mean obviously you were young um and almost freshly out of college and Obviously, it's it's hard starting up a hockey team. How What were some challenges in doing that? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge in the beginning was selling something that didn't yet exist. Um, especially the Western, the WWCHL used to be, uh, when we started, it was Lindenwood, Minnesota, Midland, um, us, Colorado. It was, you know, it was every team that existed basically from Minnesota and West. So it, the Western conference was very, very different when we first started. So it was really hard to sell a vision when you could already go to established programs. So I think that was the biggest hurdle to cross. Yeah. So you listed some of those teams and some of those teams are, are in the Midwest area. And now, you know, you're, you're selling it as the WWCHL, but I want you to paint a picture as to how much the hockey culture has grown in Arizona, because I know, Chase and I talk about it quite frequently, but from your perspective, like how much further has hockey come outside of the Coyotes? Um, yeah, it's it's grown quite a bit. I mean, just from when I was growing up, even just the you know female hockey side, I had to play boys hockey until I was sixteen, just because there wasn't another option. But um, on the men's side, it's grown so much. I remember when I was growing up, it was just the P.F. Chang's program that really kind of um, was like the place to be if you were a great hockey player. Um, so it's grown so much on the youth side. We also used to have the Phoenix Roadrunners when I was still in high school. So, um, yeah, unfortunately that team is now gone. But hopefully the Coyotes are able to stay here uh, moving forward. Chase tells me they will. I have confidence. <laughs> um, 
Lindsay, uh, obviously another job position that you hold in hockey is commissioner of the WWCHL. And um, I want to ask you, because you just mentioned that the West was pretty much Lindenwood, all these other things. Um, how did the WWCHL start? Uh, did you start it up? And also, what are some big changes that have occurred to the conference over the couple of years that you've managed it? Yeah, so I did not start it. Um, we joined the WWCHL as a first-year team eight years ago. So um, I want to say maybe Jamie Hazleton started it. I could be wrong, but um, Jamie used to be the coach at University of Colorado. So uh, University of Colorado is the oldest Western team, and then everybody else kind of popped up. But at that time, there was nobody for – Minnesota, the Lindenwoods, because McKendree and Maryville didn't exist at that time. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of changes, especially, you know, in the past, I'd say probably three years, it's changed the most. We are now a true Western conference. Um, I think some of the challenges, you know, that we face is do we accept these teams that are brand new into the league, but still Western teams? Um, or kind of move forward and become competitive like the other conferences in the ACHA. So focusing on your team specifically, before we talk about like the product that's on the rink, what goes into like recruiting and trying to put your unit together over the course of the summer? Can you basically give us that sort of perspective? Yeah, um, it's, it's quite a lot, especially in the past um, two years it's changed significantly since we've gotten a whole lot better as a team on the ice um, but we start recruiting um, pretty early these days we already have two committed actually right now and we're waiting for some more acceptance letters for their um, fall of 2024 so it starts pretty early these days because we want the best of the best and got to get our got to get in the game with everybody else yeah, I mean, you did a lot of recruiting over the past couple of seasons, um, and we, we're starting to see some really, really good players, especially from fervor reaches of Canada and the United States, like Mia Jarvis, she's coming from the Dakotas, and obviously Carson Hellman coming from the Dakotas as well, and just all these players coming from the other side of the country. Let me ask you this. Um how hard is it to try to reach out to these players that are on the other side of the country? Obviously you're all the way in the West. Um, are they, are a lot of players starting to recognize that ASU is now a women's hockey school? Talk to me about the interest with ASU. I do think there's a lot of interest. Like I said, in the past two years, it's just kind of skyrocketed. The amount of emails we get is actually astounding um, from all the players you know, sending us their bios and film and things like that. But um, we, just because of our geographical location, we simply can't get everywhere. Um, I did attend the Stony Creek tournament um, up in Canada for the first time, actually last month. Um, and I think, you know, even just people seeing like my jacket there with the ASU logo, I had so many parents come up to me as I was trying to watch games that I actually had to like move away. Cause I didn't want to talk to people. <laughs> I'm like trying to watch, but, Celebrity. Uh, yeah, it's, the brand has grown so much just in the past few years. So what do you look for in a player specifically? Because obviously a lot of players do 
have uh, skill, but there might be some other uh, marks that they don't check off. So uh, when recruiting a player for your program, for your team, what are some other areas that you look for aside from hockey skill? Yeah, aside from hockey skill, I love the hardest working players on the ice, the hard-nosed players. Um, you know, it's, it's, you can't teach um, work ethic. That's just something that is an internal drive, and that's something that I always look for. And then I also always look for leadership cues that they have, whether they're wearing a letter or not in high school. I look for, you know, kind of how they're acting, how do they act when they're walking in and out of the rink, in and out into the locker room how they're talking to us as coaches when we're recruiting, um, things like that. Um, those are kind of, aside from hockey skill, those are the two main things that I look at. Yeah, that's completely fair. I mean, we see players that are more defensive-minded def- uh, players come into this team, um, you know, a lot of them on the blue line this year. And that was a big, obviously, area, area that you um, – really had to replace this uh, past year due to the departure of Flo Odd, Emily Klein, all these great players, Sheridan Lloyd. Um, Carly Chadwick. Yeah, Carly Chadwick is another one. Um, Lindsay, how, let me ask you this. Um, you obviously have bonded with a bunch of these players, if not all of them, uh, over your tenure as coach. And we saw someone like Sheridan Lloyd, who have, has been there forever, uh, leave over the summer. How hard is it for you to let go of these players, but also how happy are you to get uh, new players in? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's bittersweet to watch players go, um, but, you know, their time comes at a point and it's really exciting to see all the things that they're doing in life. I actually went to dinner a few weeks ago with some of the alumni and it was really cool just to kind of see what they're doing now and catch up with them and then. You know, on the flip side, it always is exciting. You know, you get new freshmen in or transfers and kind of, you know, I want to make sure that when they leave college, they still love hockey as much as when they came in. And that's really important aspect for me, too. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's really exciting on both sides and kind of bittersweet on the other side. So Chase uh, listed off some long tenured players, and I guess that sort of segues into my question because – um, earlier this year, you guys became WWCHL champions. You qualified for nationals for the first time in program history. What was that overall feeling like of hoisting the trophy after uh, a couple seasons of heartbreak, uh, starting the program from the ground up like we alluded to uh, early on in the show? Basically, I want to get your perspective as to like finally winning it all and then punching your ticket to Boston to play in the national tournament. Yeah, I guess I'll kind of go back like four years. So the first time we played in the championship game, we lost to Colorado, and it was such a heartbreaker for our girls. You know, we really thought we were going to make nationals that year, and then COVID happened. So I felt like we had really kind of a setback in our program, and um, there, you know, just uncontrollable things that every team had to face. And then the next year, we went to the championship again, lost it, um, and then finally got back to the championship and of course it was against GCU so I thought we were going to have some troubles but um, yeah finally hoisting it felt really good for the team and it kind of feels like we're you know back on track to win the next cup. The thing is is that you you had to beat GCU not once but twice and obviously that's a team that um, plays somewhat aggressive with your um, with, with your players so like 
what was like the strategy going into the tournament, knowing that in order to reach the achievement, you had to like be uh, one of your, I guess, considered rivals at the time uh, during that uh, tournament span? Yeah, I think it was just more so, you know, keeping our heads. In the first game that we had played um, in pool play, we, you know, got a little bit out of our heads, some dumb penalties, you know, things that just happen. And I was like, you know, in postseason play, this is what ruined, like, this is what ends the season. So as a team, they really understood that. And when we entered game day for the championship, the, you know, even just the, energy in the lobby when everybody's getting breakfast and the parents are there cheering us on you know just from the moment we woke up that day I just knew it Um, no matter what happened in that game I know it was tied at one point but no matter what happened we just knew we were going to win it so I think it was just that feeling and the collective kind of mental agreement that we were going to keep our heads in the game and not let them get to us so I want to uh, piggyback off that a little bit because I told um I told Chase and the rest of the media team this because we were with you guys um, for for that tournament. I said, guys, this is either going to be a joyful plane ride home or no one's going to say a word to each other uh, on the way back because, you know, of defeat. But I said, I have a feeling that they're going to pull it off against GCU because in the playoffs, anything can happen, obviously, and upsets do happen. But I felt like you guys weren't the underdogs. I felt like if you guys played your brand of hockey and didn't like um, like – commit to any of the mistakes that GCU would try to uh, basically uh, tempt you into, then I felt like you guys were going to be uh, just fine. Because I, I think that championship was um, was definitely your guys' uh, for taking if, uh, if Chase wants to add on to that. I mean, I, I agree that, you know, that was that was a uh, uh, really good game. And I – I thought, you know, um, ASU uh, all throughout that tournament uh, didn't show any really signs of weakness. And, uh, again, Carson won that MVP for a reason, and uh, everyone showed up to play. I mean, Lindsay, if you want to elaborate more on that. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys kind of summed it up pretty well. I mean, we had prepared – you know, game by game for that. And by the time we got to the WWCHL championship, we just knew that was ours for the taking and we had to do it. So, um, you know, the atmosphere was good all weekend. As you guys know, since you were there, we actually had a stomach flu and like a head cold going around all weekend. And we had some very key players that didn't play in games. Sheridan couldn't play a game. Haley couldn't play a game. Ellie couldn't play in the championship. And um, I know there's way more that were kind of in and out throughout those three games and our whole entire roster stepped up and, you know, by game two, when we had multiple players, multiple key players out and other people had to step in and, you know, step up to the plate at those games, they did it. So that's kind of how I knew that, you know, it was ours to take. I just got to say on the media team, we also dealt uh, with something cause I was, cause I'm asthmatic and I, I was struggling mm-hmm. with the high altitude and I actually had to get checked up on that because uh it it was hard to breathe at times but um Lindsay what this season is obviously different from last year and you guys are the reigning WWCHL champions and we talked with Berkeley and Ellie about this on last week's show but what's it like having sort of that target on your on your back knowing that you guys have now set the bar you're the team to beat for the rest of the way because it's hard to repeat in any sport because Teams are now going to try to prepare religiously for you because 
once again, you guys set the bar. So is there any added pressure to try to, like, um, uh, just up the ante a little bit to make sure that you guys defend your title? Yeah, I um, I hope the players don't feel this, but I don't feel like there's much added pressure, um, you know, especially when we talk about our team goals. You know, we want to go all the way. So we have to take it game by game. And knowing that the majority of our team is new, we really do have to take it game by game. Um, and you guys are seeing that too. We've struggled with the confidence going into a team and then realizing, oh, we're the better team, and then beating them the second game. So we're already, you know, there's some road bumps along the way. And, you know, really right now it's game by game. You know, we're not – we'll get to the title next semester, but, you know, right now it's just game by game, and that's all we can control. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely fair to say. I want to switch gears over to one of your newest opponents in the WWCHL and the ACHA that's coming in next year, U of A. You're finally getting that – uh, as you guys have said, that true Arizona rival uh, in your mat, in your uh, schedule next year. I mean, talk to me about how, since you're the WWCHL commissioner, you obviously had some input and say into U of A joining, and how excited are you to play them for the first time? Yeah, I am thrilled, <laughs> and I am so excited. Um, I know how excited Greg was on the men's side to able to play U of A a few weeks ago and you know just that ASU U of A rivalry fans with every single sport and so far back so um, yeah I mean I've been speaking to their men's coach Chad and now their new women's coach Caitlin um, you know for probably over a year now and we're really excited for them to join and you know I know those games are going to be a battle no matter what I don't care if they're a year one team they still want to be ASU too. So yeah, we're really excited. Yeah. We saw a little bit of that uh, when the ACHA team took on the men's NCAA team in an exhibition match, albeit it was kind of a gong show from the (laughs) very beginning, but still it's like the, the crowd was hype. It was definitely a big event at Mullet. It was one great way to open up the season. Um, As you sit back and you reflect on now entering or now being in year eight of being the head coach for this team, starting from the bottom to becoming WWCHL champions. You talked about the heartbreak and you're looking forward to the future. What's the journey been like up to this point? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot that's happened. Um, so many players and um, yeah, I mean, it's, I can't really look back and say there's a ton of negatives. Yeah, there was a lot of learning experiences definitely along the way that we can all say that, yeah, things could have been better at this point. But, um, yeah, just kind of looking forward, we know we have the correct student-athletes in our group right now, and we know we have the correct student-athletes coming in in the future too. And, you know, at this point now, it's about performance and how we're going to win hockey games, whereas – you know, seven years ago, it wasn't like that. So we're really excited now that this is, you know, how we've made this program to be and what we can do now on the ice. I know you said you want to take it kind of game by game or day by day. Uh, but I got to ask, what are some goals or projects you, you guys have up your sleeves, not just on the ice, but also around the team, uh, what are some things that you want to do 
um, to kind of make your team into uh, not more of a better team, but also more of a competitive team or uh, overall well more well-marketed team. What do you want to do uh, going forward in terms of that? Yeah, I mean, um, inside our team, I think it's more so um, keeping to our structure and making sure that, you know, we get so many reps that we are almost perfect with it. So um, that's something that we're trying to do now as a staff. We, you know, we used to just kind of, I'm not even going to talk about what we used to do, but literally it just, it wasn't like the way it is now. So um, I hope that we can solidify that and just become very structured on the ice. And then, you know, moving forward with marketing, it's really interesting now that we, you know, we host these camps or we go on recruiting trips and, People kind of know our brand now, so it's really exciting to see that, you know, people want to play for us for certain reasons, and those are the reasons that these girls are here, too. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a collective bargaining throughout it all, but, um, yeah, we're excited. Aside from winning the WWCHL championship, what has been your favorite memory as the head coach for this team? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um that is honestly so hard to say. Um, honestly, I, you know, it's not really one moment. It's more like relationships that we've built as coaches with the players and all the funny moments along the way. Um, you know, there's been so many things through the years that I can mention, but it's really just the relationships that we've built and kind of just the funny moments that happen with those. Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, I, I want to throw this question there because I I know it's hard to uh, really get this rolling, but are there new jerseys in the future? I know there were rumors about <laughs> a gold jersey, and we all know the copyright <laughs> issues that you I know you love to discuss that but, we don't need to get into on the show. <laughs> but I yeah, uh, are there any new jerseys in the future? So I would love to have a gold set of jerseys. Um, only time will tell if we get them. I'm really, I, I think they would look nice, quite honestly. Like, uh, I love, I don't know about Chase, but I love seeing like concept ideas for like uh, new hockey sweaters because I always think, I always like seeing what people can do with their um, imagination and uh, some sorts. So, yeah, uh, I think any sw- new sweater you guys rock will, uh, will definitely uh, just just pop on the rank a little bit more. Um, I guess the final question for me is, like, do you have any advice for uh, uh, female uh, athletes trying to break into the hockey world or maybe get into the in, uh, industry that you're in, in coaching? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think, um, you know, just make a goal and make it happen. I know that's, like, very simple to say, but – um, I think if you look at yourself as a female and that you're already back, you're already going to put yourself two steps back mentally. So, um, you know, take full reign of your skill set and, you know, find a job that you can, um, you know, use that skill set. Um, I think, you know, people are hiring, you know, humans for jobs now, and it's not really a male versus female in my head. So, um, yeah, i I'm excited to see more females in the game, and we're seeing a lot of that now. And final question for me. If Lindsay Ellis of now could time travel back 
to young Lindsay Ellis, who was in Miami before she before she was about to start the the team. What do you think uh, present day now would say to that uh, younger day you? Oh gosh, <laughs> um, I would say um, you know probably just keep pushing. There were a lot of low days in the beginning of. Um, you know, how are we going to make this happen was asked probably four times a day. So um, I think it was just keep pushing. And, you know, now we're seeing that we're happy to wake up and go to practice at early hours of the morning and it's a good day. So keep pushing. Lindsay, I want to thank you for taking the time out your uh, busy day to uh, come on what you're talking about and join me and Chase this morning and talk all things hockey and uh, basically preview uh the season for anyone who hasn't uh tuned in but um thank you so much once again for talking about the process of starting the program to now becoming wwchl champions it, it was uh greatly appreciated yeah and good luck in uh, colorado next weekend i know there's a lot of games that weekend so good luck thank you so much and thanks for having me on thank you Lindsay. we'll let you go now um Trey, I mean, again, um, that is fantastic uh, stuff that we just heard. What were some takeaways for you? Key takeaways is that, you know, in the beginning, things might not – If you're especially if you're starting something new in the beginning, it's going to be rocky. It's not going to be peaches and cream. It's not going to, like, you know, start off all that smooth. It's a process. It's a journey. But at the same time, you got to enjoy the journey to get to where you want to get at. And – uh, a, a saying that I heard recently uh, that I really like is that even when you fall flat on your face, technically you're still moving forward by, mm-hmm. by default. So I really like that. And I think Lindsay is a good example of like uh, starting something new, it, it being rocky in the beginning and having to go through some heartbreak, trials and tribulation. But at the same time, look at where they're at now. They've now set the bar and they're the reigning WWCHL champions and they're looking for more. They want to be a nationally championship team they don't want to just be a wwchl championship team and that's going to take some time but i'm loving what uh so what you know they're doing so far yeah i mean Lindsay's story is obviously awesome and she's a great person to talk to she always gives great quotes um and you know obviously what she's done here in arizona and what players and personalities she has brought to arizona and to this team is incredible and i mean final word for me is that um you know keep living your dreams because obviously Lindsay wanted to do something and she's made it into a top tier ACHA product, especially out in the West, arguably one of the best teams out in the West and a kind of like role model for team new teams like U of A to look up to uh, right. when they come into the league. Believe in yourself because that's the place to start. Yeah, absolutely. So again, thank you so much for listening to what you're talking about. I'm going to thank Lindsay Ellis, coach Lindsay Ellis again for coming on the show. I know this was one of her off days that she didn't have to wake up early, so very much appreciated. Trey, where can they find you on Twitter? Or X, uh, at Trey Matt 4, T-R-E-Y-M-A-T-T and the number four. Chase Beardsley underscores mine. Uh, ASU will be in Colorado taking on a couple teams. Um, University of Colorado, obviously, and Colorado State, I believe, is the other one. So make sure to – we won't be streaming that. So, you know, make sure to uh, hop in their streams. Um, well, that, those games are going to be hell for them. Uh, yeah, that's going to be quite interesting. We'll be back to talk about it next Friday. But, again, thank you so much. You can listen to What You're Talking About on any podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, 
even Amazon. If you love Amazon Podcasts for some reason, go check it out. And again, from Trey and I, thank you so much. Have a great weekend slash week, and we will see you next Friday. Thank you so much, guys. SU are your conference champions. Welcome to What You're Talking About, the official show of the Arizona State ACHA D1 Women's Hockey Team. Score! It's not through. Sam Murphy breaks the ice. From big moments and big games. Score! There's the hat trick for Sydney Poulton. To breaking news and interviews. What? Use one word to describe your feelings right now. Ecstatic, honestly. <laughs> it's all covered here at 8.30 every Friday morning by team reporter Chase Beardsley and play-by-play announcer Trey Matthews as the WWCHL champions look to defend their title. So make sure to tune in to hear what we're talking about.